From CBS News Bay Area, this is the Morning Edition. And welcome back from our special report. This morning, we're tracking our first alert Doppler ahead of the next atmospheric river that will impact the Bay Area. We'll talk more about that coming up in your full forecast. The American banking system is really um, safe and well capitalized. And President Biden just addressed the nation just minutes ago as it relates to those two sudden big banks and their failure. We'll have uh, details on that coming up next. And if you're getting ready to hit the freeways right now, we are already tracking brake lights along at 80 and delays on 880. Details on that coming up. Plus, it was a big night for one film at the 95th Academy Awards. We have a look at the big winners for movies' biggest night. All right, and Amanda, are you ready? It's almost time for March Madness. The Bay Area team's making the tournament as you get ready to fill out your brackets. But first, we are taking a live look from San Francisco this morning. We are counting down to the next atmospheric river set to hit the Bay Area. It comes as we dry out from the recent rain that really started on Friday. First alert meteorologist Jessica Birch joins us now, timing it all out for us as we approach what's next. So something big is coming, but we also need to know what's going to happen this morning. You know, and this morning's mild, but this mm -hmm. is a great opportunity for everyone at home that's tuning in right now to prepare for what's to come. As we head into this afternoon, we're going to start seeing the winds kick up. We're also going to see the temperatures drop, and to add to that, showers are going to return into the forecast. Now, taking a look at this morning, it's pretty mild. Some clouds just above the Bay Area right now, 50s and upper 40s throughout the Bay, too. And with those clouds comes some light drizzle, but nothing too alarming for now. Taking a look at our first alert Doppler this morning, it is a very mild start to the day where daytime highs this afternoon are only expected to top off in the upper 50s and lower 60s. That's right around average for this time of year. And by the way, we're one week away from spring, and boy, have we been dealing with a very active winter. And it's pretty common during the winter season to actually see these atmospheric rivers, just not as much as we've currently been experiencing. Here's the next one out in the Pacific. Right now, see that light color of blue streamlining its way into California. That's what's going to impact us as we head into the evening hours tonight, early morning hours tomorrow. So we're going to talk about that and how that'll actually impact us. But long story short, it is a mild start to our work week already, but big changes right around the corner as heavy showers are expected to return in the forecast later tonight. I'll time that out for you coming up. But for now, over to you, Gianna. Just always making it hard on the roadways when that rain settles in. All right. Speaking of flooding and causing some headaches for drivers on the roadways, the Nimitz Freeway was shut down in both directions in Fremont. There was also a mudslide at the Thornton Avenue overpass. Three southbound lanes have since reopened, but the northbound side remains completely closed uh, or remains flooded and closed. So heads up if you are commuting through there. So just give yourself some extra time overall. All right. Taking a look at the roadways now elsewhere. If you are headed towards the Bay Bridge this morning, we are already tracking brake lights. It's getting a little bit busy for commuters heading into San Francisco. You can see that back up just at mid-lot there, not quite to the overpass, so we'll keep an eye on that. Also, this just into the traffic center, there is a crash with injuries as you commute out of Dixon this morning. Three lanes completely shut down, westbound 80, right at Meridian Road. And looking at the maps there, seeing all that red kind of in the center of your screen, that indicates speeds under 25 miles per hour, so that is a slow ride as you head through there. Well, speaking of slow, super commuters, heads up. We are already seeing busy conditions coming out Tracy getting on to 205. Justin. 
All right, Gianna, we just heard from President Biden just minutes ago. He confirms to us that Americans, you must be uh, confident, according to uh, the president, that your deposits are safe and you will have access to your money on today. President Biden also said that management of those two failed banks that we've been mentioning all morning will be fired. He also mentioned that investors will not be protected. Um, I want to go ahead and toss to a story right now that I uh, tracked just earlier this morning. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, walk you through the details of this. So there's this, uh, there's a lady who uh, is affected by all of this. She's uh, told us that, uh, you know, she's been uh, working for Etsy for quite a little bit. Her name is Amber Fields, and she's a seller and small business owner getting swept up in this chaos. She told us that the bank claims it'll pay her today, and that's, a court, that's what uh, President Biden just told us. She also told us that she's scared. I'm a mom of three. I run a small business. I do this from my home. Those funds feed my family and pay my bills. Now, keep in mind, regulators worked all weekend to try to find a buyer for the bank, which was the second largest bank failure in history. Those efforts appear to have failed yesterday. This comes after the bank was unable to pay back customers who withdrew their deposits. Keep in mind, the FDIC acted usually, unusually quickly. To uh, It typically waits until markets close, but it took over mid-morning on Friday. The FDIC is acting as the receiver, which typically means it will liquidate the bank's assets Sets to pay back its customers. We also talked to a San Jose State University finance professor to get his take on this. Is that there, it seemed to be a relatively isolated incident. Most banks in the U.S. since the financial crisis are pretty well capitalized. They have better guardrails in place. The government expectations and legal regulations around banks are stronger. So overall, I think our banking system is stronger and better than 2008. And these specific banks working in the industries that they're working in. All right, so again, we just heard from President Biden just minutes ago. He again assures us that Americans can have confidence that your deposits will be there and you will have access, them, access to them today. We'll keep following this story. I'll actually try to turn some sound with President Biden for the next hit on this big story. Amanda, I'll send it back to you. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, a lot of people even just worried about payroll that's coming up. Yeah. All right, a lot to get to on this. Thank you. There are still a lot of places that haven't fully recovered from that last round of rain that we saw. This is what Menlo Park looked like just yesterday morning with flooded streets in one neighborhood. And taking a live look at the small town of Pajaro in Monterey County, our photographer Shannon is out there right now. The floods are causing a lot of people to stay in shelters for a second straight night with no timeline on when they can return. Looking at this shot that's live right now, just so much water in this area, completely inundated. And in fact, flood waters are actually still rising in some areas. But as our reporter Dahlin shows us, despite that, a lot of people are just staying put. The Monterey County Sheriff says they have evacuated about 2,000 people since the Pajaro River levee broke. But these are some of the people who refuse to leave. They're surveying the damage and checking on neighbors. If the lights go out, the gas is gone, we ask for we'll probably leave. Yeah, but everything's still on. 15 year old Carlos and his family live on the second floor of this apartment complex. They're surrounded by water. My parents were concerned about me and my siblings and, and possibly the robbers getting to their houses. Yeah, that's what they were mostly concerned about. They say looters came to the community during the last evacuation order in January. Carlos says, like many families in Pajaro, his parents are farm workers with little money. They want to protect the little they have. Well, okay, we, we have lots of food. 
Another family that tried to stick it out decided there was nothing left to protect. 15-year-old Angel Escudia and his father Juan got on a Monterey County Sheriff's rescue boat Sunday afternoon. When we left the house, it was all the way up to our waist. Angel says the water destroyed everything in the house and three family cars parked outside. We just decided to stay so they wouldn't take our stuff. We thought the water would go down this morning, but we, this morning we started to notice it's kind of going like more up. It was getting deeper. This is all they have a few bags of clothes and a few pairs of shoes. Even though they lost everything, they still have each other and their dog, Lucky. Well, I was glad we got out safe. Authorities are urging people to leave since water is still rising. Looting should not be an issue at this time. Um, and in fact, we've actually seen some of the neighbors that are really going out of their way to, to help people out that are not able to get back in. They're going in and securing people's residences, uh, securing some belongings for people, uh, medications, maybe family heirlooms and stuff like that. First responders say almost every part of Pajaro is underwater. Some streets are several feet deep. Homes, businesses, and schools submerged. Surprise and speechless. Ugh, that's so frightening, too. Well, this isn't the first time the Pajaro River levee has failed. So this is video from the last time that happened. This was back in 1995. And with this, two people died when a breach left thousands of acres of the Pajaro community submerged in water. Now, the flooding caused nearly $100 million in damage, and a state law passed in 2021 to fund a levee repair project. Well, that construction was scheduled to start in 2025. State Senator John Laird was a leader behind that bill, and he spoke to us about the unlucky timing with this year's storms. These extreme weather events after a drought are really a function of the changing climate. In many ways, our infrastructure was built for a climate that no longer exists. And this breach of the levee in Watsonville just makes that case. Well, this week's storm is California's 10th of the winter. We will have you covered as another atmospheric river comes to the Bay Area. You can stay with us on CBS News Bay Area for your latest weather coverage on air and also always on our website at kpix.com. All right, let's take a look at the other top stories we're following this morning. A tragedy unfolding off the San Diego coast. Eight people drowned after two boats capsized in shallow but turbulent water Saturday night. A San Diego official is calling it one of the state's worst maritime human struggling smuggling tragedies. Authorities are searching for at least seven additional victims. Two surfers are now safe after being stranded in a cove at Montera State Beach. Rescuers say the two men were caught in a riptide after one of their surfboard leashes broke. They eventually made it to the shore, but then were stranded. Firefighters were able to pull them back up with a rope, and thankfully, they're both okay. The 95th Academy Awards was a night to remember. Brendan Fraser took home the Oscar for Best Actor for The Whale. Michelle Yeoh made history, winning the Oscar for Best Actress for her performance in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. That was also the best film of 2022. We are live in Los Angeles with the Oscar highlights coming up at 645. Now on your Bay Area beat this morning, and San Jose flames tore through the Duluth's house in History Park early Sunday morning. Investigators say it could be weeks before they know what caused the fire that destroyed the 118-year-old home. And the director of History San Jose told us she found the meter boxes at the Duluth's house broken into Saturday morning, one day before that fire broke out.